You're listening to After Daycare Drop-Off, the podcast for working moms, like you and like me. Today we're talking with Nicole, a married mom of two kids working in business intelligence and data analytics. She's got some exciting news for us. Can't wait for you to meet her. Hello. Hi, Nicole. Welcome to the podcast. Hi. How are you? Wonderful. Good. So first things first, tell me what you're drinking tonight. I am having a Pinot Grigio. Ooh. By who? Shoot, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I'm having a Pinot as well, but Pinot Noir. Oh, okay. So yeah, it was a bottle that my mother-in-law brought last weekend. And my my plan was to get a bottle of rosé after work, but that didn't happen. So as it doesn't, you know, (laughs) (laughs) so I was looking at mine because I normally am like, here's what it is. And isn't this funny? So Uh like I talked with Andy the other week, I'm a big fan of the boxed wine. Yes. And my husband and I have this debate of whose is the better and pricing and whatnot, but there's mm-hmm. this brand called big house. And I think you would love it because and <laughs> accept this as a compliment that you would like enhanced packaging. Um, but it's called big house. Uh-huh. Every style of wine has a gangster on it. <laughs> and it also has their story on it. Wow. So this one is a, big house and it has Nucky Johnson which okay. was depicted by Nucky Thompson in the Boardwalk Empire series yes yes which was such an awesome show it was and they killed off like the best characters of course the best shows always do right but it was so funny because I was like hey this is the guy from Boardwalk Empire and he's like yeah you didn't know that was a real person I'm like yeah I totally did do what i said you drink a little wine you get a little history lesson right like two for one right so now you and i know each other from college we do but you've had one of the most diverse careers of anybody that i know of so yeah, i us through your story Okay. So right after high school, I went to Ohio Northern. Where I know you. Um, I was there like, I don't know, two and a half years. And I felt like I got to that, like, you know, that sophomore slump that happens. You're not really sure what you're doing with your life. Um, and I, I got to that point and I, I transferred. I went to Chicago for like a hot minute and I finally I enlisted active duty in the military <laughs> and I was an intelligence analyst active duty for like four years um with a tour in Afghanistan and all that good stuff and then um while I was deployed my commander approached me and asked me if I would consider applying to the scholarship program that the army offers it's called green to gold and Basically, what that does is 
if you're selected for the program, you come off of active duty, um, you go back to school full time to finish your degree and um, you do you participate in the ROTC program at whatever school that you choose to go to. And then you um, when you graduate, you commission as an officer. So I was like, yeah, that sounds awesome. And so, huh? That's a good deal. It was a good deal. So I applied and I was really stressed out about it and I was accepted. Um, So I came back and went to Ohio State and did ROTC with them. And I spent like way longer than necessary trying to finish my (laughs) bachelor's. Because in the mix of it, um, I had my oldest son. Um, so it was a lot of balancing baby and going to school full time. And then also somewhere in there trying to be ROTC cadet and try to be the responsible one of the group because I was looked up to because I had prior military service. But, you know, I was trying to juggle all these obligations. But um i graduated um and right after college like right after i finished i took a position out in arizona basically doing what i did um on active duty except i was teaching um soldiers coming into the intelligence school i was teaching them how to do what i did um So I did that for a year and I decided that Arizona was really far for me in August to August is my eight year old um, me in August to live when everybody else that we knew lived in Ohio. So (laughs) I took a position back in a little closer, Virginia Beach area doing kind of similar stuff, but um, that job was I got to work a lot with like the super technical side of um, being an intelligence analyst and I was really interested in that so Mm -hmm. when the in 2012 like a lot of the defense contracts really dried up and it was sort of a blessing and a curse to be laid off but I went I used the rest of my GI bill and went back to school again to study applied math and computer science and <sighs> I don't know how long I was in school. I feel like I've been in school for half my life, more than half my life, nearly all my life. Um, if you count elementary and all that, it yeah. It's been <laughs> 79% of my life, but... Um, <laughs> you would know with the math, right? I know, right? <laughs> I should know. Um, but I've been doing... Um, a lot of database work, data analysis, data science, pretty much ever since I graduated um, or I finished up there. So I've been doing that. I started out as a contract worker and I learned that that really sucks because you don't really get benefits if you're a contract worker. <laughs> and I knew I would never do that again. Um, so when that contract didn't get renewed, um, I took the position where I'm at now. And then my last day at where I'm at now is in like two days. Woo-hoo! Yeah. So I know what business intelligence and data analytics looks like where I work. Uh-huh. And typically for the, from where I work, there's like a project management group with usually if there's a project, there's a PM assigned to it. And then uh-huh. a business analyst or a business consultant. Yeah. And we all work together 
holding hands and singing along for the project. Mm -hmm. Yep. So is that what it's like where you are right now? Or yes. And that's pretty much what you're going to see across the board, I think, mostly depending on the industry, but mostly across the board. We have our teams are a little different in that we have like one general BI program manager um, mm -hmm. and then the larger projects get an assigned PM. But then we have the BA that works with the business to get those requirements and stuff. But I've been juggling the developer role and the uh, BA role pretty much since I started there because we've had two BAs that uh, eventually quit. So <laughs> <laughs> you're leaving. Yes. So, so yes, I'm leaving. So tell me about how you decided, you know, it's time to look for something new, you know, looking for a new opportunity, different fit, different, you know, role in general. Tell me how you came to the decision of looking for something else, how you pursued it, and then what happened next. Okay. So it was kind of two different things. It was, I, this is my second, I've been at where I'm at for about two and a half years and my last position I was there about a year and a half. So this is, I feel like now that I'm in BI, now that I've been, been a developer for almost five years, I feel like I sort of know what I want now um, that I've, I've gotten kind of used to and what I know what to expect in the role and, and where I want to go as far as what I want to learn and where I want to go. So, and where I'm at doesn't have a lot of upward or even really lateral opportunities for me to to really grow at all. So I, I sort of knew that. And the other part of it was I had a, a person that I worked with that sort of made my life hell. Like he was very, very difficult to work with. And he definitely made the decision a lot easier to leave, but side story, he quit like two weeks ago. So. <laughs> Random, but um <laughs> I became, I started to like passively look like Christmas time. I was, and I remember our BI program manager trying to fill our BA role last year around this time. And she's like, you know, the worst people, we always get the worst candidates around Christmas in January. And I, and I had that in the back of my mind thinking, oh my God, is this what everybody thinks when I try to apply to a job at Christmas <laughs> But I saw the position, um, of where I ended up getting an offer. I saw it on LinkedIn and I was like, no. And I almost wrote it off because um, I I worked for a retail organization before I worked where I'm at now, which is a midsize insurance company. And I thought like, oh, do I really want to work in retail? And I remember getting like, setting the interview up with the recruiter and I almost canceled I was like, I don't know. I don't know if I really want to do this. And I really like my boss and I don't know. And I kept going back and forth, but I ended up t taking the interview anyways. And it sort of progressed fairly quickly. And it became, as we kind of talked about the role, I was like, oh my gosh, this is really awesome. I totally pegged this, pegged this all wrong. Um, but I went on site eventually. I was there for like a half a day. It was pretty intense, and I took a I took a standardized test that felt like I was taking the SAT again. It was like, you know, those weird word problems, and you know, Apple is to whatever, you know. And I'm just like, oh my god, I haven't even had a cup of coffee yet. 
You're like, is this applicable to the daily job here? <laughs> no, I guess it's some sort of standardized test that they use, like, no matter what your job role is. And it has no, like, it's not like, okay, you're going to get this raw score. And if you fail it or something, we don't hire you. It's not like that. I think it's, I think somehow somebody like way above my pay grade didn't like psychology decided this was a way to tell something about somebody. And predictive index where I work and I love it because what you do, it sounds like it's different than what you have, but basically it's, two sets of the same questions it's like okay pick the one the just words and descriptions that you think you are like like uh, kind or fun loving yeah and this was not you personality questions again but from the lens of how do you think of you ah uh, okay and i feel like that that's understandable yeah it's pretty straightforward but what it does that's is it plots like your aptitude as far as or your preferences rather for how outgoing or reserved you are how talkative or not you are how patient mm -hmm. or not and then how detailed or not and so it plots okay. you on this chart and it's helpful because you you build like if you're the manager building the job description you say okay the perfect candidate would answer these questions this certain way so it's just oh. one of the many choices for helping decide if this person could mesh well with the job or if they're close, what other things would you need to do to help support them and help them be successful? So maybe it's something like that. Yes, I totally get that. This was like SAT verbal questions and I was doing like math and I was like writing notes and margins. And it was like, I feel like, you know, I got like really good grades in calculus, but this was like a struggle to me because it was like more arithmetic. And I was like, you know, like what number comes next in the pattern? I was like, oh God. <laughs> 12 minutes to do it and the recruiter like circled this number on the exam and was like most people make it to like right here and I guess they like progressively get harder as you I don't know I, I ended up stopping right at the question he circled so I guess <laughs> I fell <on> the... <laughs> but anyways I guess I didn't do too bad because I ended up getting an offer from them so Okay, so what happened? Like, did you get a phone call from, and it's the recruiter that works there, right? Not a separate person? No, it's, yeah, it's the recruiter with their HR department. Okay, um, they call and they say, Nicole, you did amazing on this test. We love you. And then <laughs> Well, I got a little time to stew about it because I let them know, because I, I think it was like a couple Mondays ago, like maybe three Mondays ago, I had gone to their on-site and I was like, and, you know, as I'm leaving, I tell the recruiter, like, you know, I'm, I'm available, you know, you know, whenever you want to reach out and next steps, because he was asking. And I said, the caveat to that is I am leaving Wednesday to go to St. Croix because my good friend is getting married and I won't be back until Saturday. And he's like, oh, OK, that's fine. Um, and he ends up emailing me on Friday while I'm in St. Croix and he like subject sit like follow up and he was like hey nicole do you have time to chat on monday um i just wanted to circle back with you and so i spent like the whole time agonizing like does this mean i'm getting an offer because i've never gotten a rejection call i always get a rejection email but not a rejection call so i i i had to agonize about that for for the whole weekend but um we did call i did 
uh, talked to him as soon as I got back on Monday and he, he did the, we got a verbal offer. Um, and then he, he sent along later the, the formal side of it, the paperwork. And so you get the paperwork or, or is it on the phone? You said, pay you $5. And you said, what? Well, he mentioned, and I, I know like early in the discussion when I first started talking to them, because I, salary comes up and I think if you give them a bracket and it's going to be like totally out of the ball, out of their range, they'll tell you right away. Um, but I gave them a salary range and, um, early on. So when he offered, um, and said, we're going to, we're thinking a salary of X and it was right in the middle of my salary range. And so when he said that, I was like, okay, great. And I hadn't had time to think about like, am I going to counter offer? Because, you know, part of the reason that I wanted to leave where I'm at is on, I found this like tool on Glassdoor just Mm -hmm. to see like, what's your worth? And I know this tool. I look at it a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So I put in like, okay, how many years of experience I have and my degree and this and that where I live. And it told me that I was getting underpaid by like 18%. And I was like, what? And I just couldn't believe it. I mean, I could, but I couldn't believe it. I didn't want to believe it. So it makes you mad, doesn't it? it? It does. It made me mad. And it made me mad for like, you know, maybe whenever I got an offer at my, where I'm at now, I should have countered then. But, um, so when he offered, it was like, you know, it was about 17% more than I was making. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's amazing. You know, I shouldn't, you don't want to look a gift horse in the mouth, but um, you know, the more that I thought about it, um, and I, um, I asked my husband, I was like, do you think I should counter? And he was like, I don't know, you know, this is really good. And I asked, you know, my group of girlfriends in the group chat and all of them were like, either yes, counter or yes, you should, because I didn't. And I regret it. And I was like, you know, so I asked friends, I looked online, I'm a big, uh, user of the reddit community so they have a jobs subreddit that um is really helpful for job seekers and just people looking for advice and like you know inner office relations or whatever and so you know i i kind of looked around about counter offers and should i do it and i ended up stumbling upon an article that like i think two out of three women do not counter offer and I was just like that was it for me it wasn't even that I I wanted more money at that point it was just like two out of three women do not counter offer and that I, I don't and I don't know the statistics on men but it was just like you know I don't want to be part of it I want to I want to be that woman that does the the ask for more money so I did I Good. thought you know I'll ask if you. they like you what are they gonna do like oh you asked for you know five percent more heaven forbid we're just gonna start all over Right. And that's, I think that's the fear is that, um, they'll, they'll take the offer away and you're just like so scared as a job seeker, especially if you're, you're in a position where you don't have a job, um, that you're just like, okay, I'll accept whatever. But in reality, they're not going to do that. Yeah. Especially if you've ever been on the hiring side of things, seeing like 
how long it takes to get the job approved and how long it takes to find good candidates and then finally get them in to interview. You're like three months in. Yes. If you find someone you just love and have to have, it's like, let's make it happen. Right. So, and I was, and I knew that like, I was going to counter and like, even if they couldn't meet it, I wouldn't even be mad. I just, I'm just would have been glad that I did. And it turns out when I countered, they couldn't budge on salary, but um, I ended up getting snagging a sign on bonus. So it kind of made it, it made it new money. Yes. So it ends up, you know, being instead of getting a 17% raise, now I'm getting a 19% raise. And then, you know, the additional benefits, their health insurance benefits are way better than where I'm at now. And, um, you know, that's, so th- there's all that, but I was factoring in the, the, um, issue of where I'm at now, if I would stay until October, I would vest in my 401k. So I have a ton of like, uh, employer contributions in my 401k that I'll be walking away from. So it's sort of like sickening to look at, but in reality, when you're, you're getting a more money and understanding like the new place you vest day one um, in your 401k. It was like, it's not hard to kind of make that money back up. Yeah. And if you're willing to, you know, actually when you fill out your, you know, W2 and stuff and all your hiring paperwork to just kick a few extra percent toward what you put in toward your 401k. Exactly. You'll, you'll blast that away. Yep. So, but yeah, so- I, I used my 401k funds that I was walking away from as my, justification for <laughs> doing my counter offer exactly exactly yeah. so now, i'm not gonna say the name of the company because i do know what it is but um from my understanding they have a really cool campus culture they sure do and it is wear jeans yes you wear whatever you want but this is very typical of retail and columbus is Columbus is kind of weird because it's like this retail headquarters hub. So like you have all sorts of Victoria's Secret and Express and all sorts of people like their headquarters are all here. And I think a lot of people outside of the Columbus area and, you know, the Midwest don't really know that. But the and so, you know, everybody that you come in contact with professionally has done like a tour in retail. And it's very common in retail that like the dress code is quote-unquote creative so you can just wear whatever but yeah jeans um and when I told everybody where I was going they're like oh you got your flip-flops ready I'm like oh boy you're like actually yes (laughs) I sure do I have one in every color thanks yeah and you you can't be potential discount like that's a benefit right there oh yeah 40 percent Ooh, nice I know So you talked about your new job and you start, is it next week or the following? I start this Monday. Okay. This coming Monday. So So today. So I know we've talked about some of the things that you do to kind of recharge. I'm sure you clean your desk. You're going to, you know, take your weekend to do whatever fun stuff because unemployed for two days. Yes. (laughs) I'm going to New Orleans this weekend because I'm celebrating my birthday. That's awesome. Uh, yeah. Have you been to New Orleans before? I've never been. Oh, my gosh. See, I went, but it was pretty lame because, one, I was in eighth grade. So, like, <laughs> what can you do? Nothing. <laughs> Go to some restaurants, and you're going to die. 
it was with my church youth group. <laughs> so again, it was like, yay, let's go to the convention center. <laughs> All right. <laughs> we watched like so many cars to get the money to go do it. But basically what happened was we had our youth group group. And then my girlfriend, Rachel, and I just kind of were like, let's stay up together and do our own thing. Like we didn't wander off, but it was just like right we'll just talk to each other this is weird right um that has been the place that we've been trying to get back to you know my husband's never been it's been like we should go there we should go there so I'm excited for you I'm psyched because it's like two weeks after Mardi Gras so we're not getting like this huge amount of people because everybody's like are you going for Mardi Gras I'm like no I'm too old for that I'm too old to go to Mardi Gras that sounds sounds exhausting just thinking about it so right now the weather is gonna be so good. <laughs> are you doing hotel or Airbnb? Or we did a house on Airbnb that's like in the French Quarter. Isn't it so hard to ever stay in a hotel after you do Airbnb? Yes, I can't even tell you like the last time that I stayed in a hotel on a vacation because Airbnb's been amazing. We even did it in Saint Croix. It it's way cheaper one, and it's not like. Thanks to the scratchy sheets that I'm not 100% sure are clean. Right. And usually it's like the hosts, I don't know, they're like extra sweet. They're like, here's some wine or here's my favorite list of places or late night eats if you get hungry. They're always so nice. Mm -hmm. And usually there's like parking and you're like right in the mix of things. Yeah. Well, and it's a good way too, especially I bet at least I don't know what you got, but there's usually options to stay in different types of houses. And uh-huh. I've always loved the idea of living in a historic house, but I'm also not willing to live on a postage stamp lot. So right. it's very unlikely to happen <laughs> unless they find like some awesome old farmhouse in the middle of nowhere. Right. But um, it's neat to stay in different like architectural designs and kind of, try those things it's like I can't live every day like this but I can definitely try it out oh for sure so after you get back from your trip I want to know about your skincare situation because what is it a year or so you have become fully devoted at least yes. that I've been able to tell yes it's been- a lot of stuff Yes, totally. I am so into taking care of my skin. Um, after I had Evan, who is, I don't even know how old he is now, a year and a half almost, I would say probably mm, around seven months postpartum, I realized like my skin is a mess for like the first time in my life. Because I, I feel like in my 20s and like, yeah, in my 20s, I I really like abused my skin where I was, I took advantage of it. Like I have, I have like resilient skin and I would <laughs> sleep in my makeup and never have breakouts and go never wash my face. And I just got it out. Um, I'm bending right now. Don't do that. I know. I, <laughs> but my skin always looked great. And now I'm like, you know, in my thirties and you know, I've, I've had a baby seven months ago at this point And, I'm like, my skin looks so dull. I have like adult acne. What is this? <laughs> what have I been given? Right. I, I'm not okay with this. So I started to do some research into skincare. Um, and I stumbled upon 
this whole like Korean skincare routine, which I don't know. I feel like if you look into it, it can be, it can seem kind of convoluted, but really in essence, the basics of it are doing the double cleanse, which is doing, starting with an oil cleanser to get like all of your makeup off and then doing like your regular foaming cleanser because I didn't realize that like my regular cleanser isn't strong enough to get off like the full face. So there's that principle. And then basically having various like hydrating layers and um, serums to use depending on like whatever your skin needs and pretty much just going from thinnest to thickest layers. And that I really started to get into that and and K-Beauty products are usually, they're usually cheaper than like, not cheaper as in quality, but like less expensive than a lot of Western products. And they're equal or better quality from what I have found. But then, you know, as I've kind of like gone on this journey and like my skin has changed and gotten better and I've gotten to a good place with it. I have fallen into these, these luxury skincare. (laughs) (laughs) And I wish I could just unknow that. I wish I could take that knowledge away, but, uh, does it help when I peer pressure you and say, get the Sunday Riley. I know it's a hundred dollars, but it's worth it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, you say it, but it's already been in and out of my cart like five times. And then finally, I'm like, all right, I'm just going to do it. But you know, I'm, you needed. Right. But you know, at this rate you're at like vib level at sephora and you get your your 20 20 off once a year so you're just like i'll save it for that exactly so um for people who don't know like k beauty korean beauty um i know just a, enough to get myself in trouble about why that's a category um do you feel confident talking on behalf <laughs> Of the whole industry um, about just kind of that kind of phenomenon and why it's kind of called out on its own thing. Yeah. So it's really, I mean, it's, it's really its own thing different from, you know, skincare, Western skincare in that, you know, I feel like before like stumbling upon K beauty, it was like, wash your face, maybe throw on some moisturizer, but Mm -hmm. You know, here are these ideas that like you're having, um, you think about your skin as sort of like having all these different, like, I don't want to say personalities, but like, you know, you have various issues and, and you address, there's no like one product to address them all. So, you know, you, you sort of like have this individual thing that works for you. And I, I think the, the Koreans have really like, started this and I don't know how long it's been around but it's really like kind of moved like hit hit the western circuit uh you know the past couple years and you know just having these multiple steps and I feel like it's some people kind of get into it and it's like having multiple steps just to have multiple steps and but it's not it's more like doing things based on what your skin needs and having these basic principles of you know, the double cleanse, having a cleanser that is low in pH um, because it's less stripping for your skin. Um, And a lot of like, um, there are a lot of K-beauty bloggers out there who have done like 
you know, the, the pH strip, go get your pH strips on Amazon and test the pH of all these different like Western cleansers. And you'll see like the pH is pretty high for some of the more popular ones. And that what that ends up meaning is that it's stripping and drying your skin out. And for people who have stuff like oily skin, that can mean like it increases your oil production. Oh, so that's yeah. why back in high school, it was like, I don't know why this Neutrogena is not working, <laughs> making my skin more oily. Perhaps that's it. Right. As I learned about this, I started to like cringe about the stuff I would do in high school. Like, here, let me put this sea breeze astringent on my face. <laughs> <laughs> but it smelled so fresh. No, it's and it's like, well, it burns. So that means it's working. <laughs> <laughs> so true. Now, you cut out a little bit when you were talking about the double cleanse. And honestly, like, I, I know enough about the things that I get in my birch box, which I love. I know you are into some boxes of your own, yes. but, um, I typically just use like the oil cleanser on like my super makeup areas, like my eyebrows and my uh-huh. eyes and just a little yeah. bit around everything else. But then I just put my regular cleanser on, on top of that. Am I supposed to like rinse off the oil and then start over? I do. And I think most people do. I don't know if it, I would probably rinse off the oil and then, yeah, I, it's a two rinse situation. You want to do the oil cleanse and some people use a balm. Some people use um, just the oil, but you know, to get it, all of that off, rinse it and then do the, the foaming part. So I'm expecting this to change my life when I wash my face later tonight. Well, <laughs> you don't know. It, it might. Now, so you do the oil, the regular cleanser, and then what do you do next? Um, well, for me, it depends on the day because I have different things I do on different days. <laughs> do you have a chart or do you just remember? Um, I just remember, but I keep like a note. I have like um, on my phone, I have like the, the note notepad or whatever and I have like a different note for like my AM routine and my PM routine and then my weekly items but there's there's got to be something about it too like not only is it like your face is your face forever right and you need to take good care of it and it does get exposed to so much as far as like sun and Mm -hmm. the world's grime and then it's definitely your presentation into the business world your family all of that so it's great to take care of it and important but then also something there's got to be something psychological about the ritual of it oh totally it's for me it's like the self-care thing I'm really big into self-care and it's like the the concept of you know when you fly and they tell you about the oxygen masks how you put the oxygen mask on on yourself first before helping other people and I try I'm the worst and the best person about that because, you know, I've gotten so stressed in my life, um, kind of putting myself last and everybody else first. So I really, in the past couple of years have made the effort to, um, do, do self-care thing and that my skincare routine is definitely part of it. That makes a lot of sense though, too, is because you know, you may not always have time for yoga or CrossFit or whatever your fitness thing is, is that you definitely need to wash your face at the end of the day and taking a few extra minutes to do the rest of these things. Right. Not and too much of a deal. Right. And I'm, and I can be kind of lazy about it too. Like I will always do it, but like, 
I, I may have half my product sitting on my nightstand next to my bed and I may be laying in bed and it may even be total darkness because my husband's already asleep and I'm like putting on, <laughs> I love the visual. Putting on serums and like waiting 10 minutes and <laughs> your potions. Yes. And I'm like touching the bottles. I know them by feel and shape in the dark. That's kind of sick. I think so okay you did your double cleanse and then what do you do next um it's always an active so an a and a chemical exfoliant um some sort I usually do a lactic acid every day almost um so whether it be the Sunday Riley good jeans um the ordinary is a really like up and coming brand that is super, super inexpensive and they make really good products. They just hit Sephora um, not that long ago, but they have a good 10% lactic acid treatment. So I do every other day, Sunday Riley and uh, good jeans. And then on the off day, I do the, the ordinary lactic acid. And then there's one day a week where I do the drunk elephant um, lactic acid peel. Mm-hmm. So that's like, I guess it's not lactic. It's a combination of AHA and BHA. So it's like 25 percenters. So you want to like not do anything else with that or you burn your face off. Right. I have some serums and like them pretty well. Yes, they are great. So you got your lactic acid. Now what? Yes. So usually after, after an active, um, I usually wait like 10 minutes and then I go into, mm, Usually I do some witch hazel right after I do the lactic acid is it's sort of like a toner. I really find that Thayer's has a, um, they have a really good witch hazel and you can get different scents. I use the rose petal one. Um, it's sort of like a toner before I do anything else. I have found honestly, cause I get sort of an oily T-zone and I have found that like my, I have like less oil production if I use the um, the witch hazel morning and night. So why do you put it on after the lactic acid? Um, because in my, no, if you, well, if you do lactic acid, if either the ordinary or Sunday Riley, you're not washing it off. Um, and then. But wouldn't the witch hazel kind of wash it off? Uh, no. So after I do the lactic acid, I wait anywhere from 10 to 20 minutes. And after after a certain amount of time, like it's no longer, it's done its work. It's finished. It is clocked oh. out. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. No concept. As long as you wait, because you should always wait with actives. But as long as you wait that time, you will not be like washing it off or anything like that. See, I just put it on my face and go, that kind of burns a little bit, but I like it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. So I do the witch hazel and then um, I'll usually do like a hydrating toner. And what do I do next? Um, I'm really big into products. And this is another like big Korean trend is using snail. (laughs) And snails are harmed in the making of snail goo. Um, They're humanely used but um a lot of snails you need for this i think i know but they come out with this like snail secretion that you can buy and it is i have convinced people to buy the snail and they are 
they're totally converted. It sounds crazy, but you know, I like it. It's good. So usually I use that as like a carrier um, because the ordinary makes this stuff that's um, niacinamide. I think I'm, I'm probably pronouncing it wrong, but it's really good for um, if you have acne scars, any kind of like any kind of fading hyperpigmentation. Um, they have a combination of that plus zinc and it's a weird, it's kind of a weird serum. I don't like to apply it directly on my face cause it's sticky. It dries weird. So I mix it with the snail and it's perfect. Oh my gosh. So I do that. And I, know. <laughs> I'm, I just can't wait for in a few weeks or maybe a few months when you're like, honey, we just need to get a snail farm for the kids. Won't it be great? And then you start harvesting your own snail goo. I'm telling you, I'm almost there because August wants an ant farm. So I'm like, okay, okay. We can totally springboard from the, the ants to the snails. Oh. I have <laughs> um, So I do that. And once I let it dry, I use the Sunday Riley um, Luna oil, which is like probably my favorite skincare product ever. I don't know if you use it, but it's my favorite. It's amazing. Yes. And... Depending on how dry I feel, it's kind of like in my routine changes from season to season. So it's winter time and I'm dry, so dry in the winter. So I'm usually like, you know, doing like a thin moisturizer. And if I still feel dry, then I'll put on a thicker one. And then that's it. I love it. And how long does this take? Um, anywhere from... Mm, I would say I spend like 30 minutes, but it's all like, uh, probably more than that, probably 45, but it's sort of like intertwined with other things that I'm doing. So like you put the snail stuff on, then you like fold a few, a few shirts and then come back. Mm -hmm. Just like casual evening chores. Just like sitting there waiting. Right. Yeah. Right. And, um, sometimes if I'm feeling extra fancy, I do a sheet mask. Um, I'm, I love sheet masks, so I have a ton, like, under the sink that I have yet to try, but I love to okay. try new sheet masks. Those are my favorite. Those are so fun. Now, have you tried, like, the hand and foot ones, too? Oh, the baby foot. I've never tried the, is that that weird peely one? Yes. Is it, does it work? Oh, my God, it changed my life. Okay, because I seriously, like, blew through a pair of pantyhose last week due to the situation. My feet. So this would make it so my poor pantyhose can last. Okay, listen, the baby foot. I think you can buy it like Meyer, and I think they sell it at Ulta. You got to get it, and you you put it on. You ignore the directions. You put it on your feet. You let it sit for an hour and a half. Don't don't even read the directions. You let, it, but you soak your feet for like five minutes in water first. Then you put these on. You let the bad boy sit for like ninety minutes, <laughs> and then every day. After that, you'll, you won't see anything happen for like seven days. And you're like, what the hell is this? I sat for 90 minutes for nothing. But then like a week in, you'll see it start to peel. And it is no, and it, and it does it for like three weeks. Like, don't do this in the summer where you're like having to wear sandals every day. Cause you shouldn't even leave the house. <laughs> I'm just going to start molting, right? Yes. You're molting. And for me, it was amazing because I have these like, hooves from wearing combat boots my I, my husband and I joke about 
how it's like I can snatch my dinner out of the lake. (laughs) (laughs) So, yes. And my husband, he's got these like really soft feet, and it's like this total like typical gender role, but reverse. It's because they wear socks all the time and like never like walk so hard, heel toe, and like that he won't wear sandals or anything. And I'm like, well, that's why you have baby feet. Oh my gosh. Now, does this burn when you have it on for the 90 minutes? No. It's like having your feet just, like, wet for 90 minutes. Doesn't burn. <laughs> I'm going to have to get links for all these things and put them in the description, because this is, like... It's it's, it's life changing. All the people giving a bad review on Amazon, it's because they didn't do it right. You don't listen to the directions. You do it the way I tell you. It'll Your feet will, like, peel off eight layers of skin, and it doesn't hurt. Oh my gosh. Because, see... My husband was so sweet and got me this really nice, uh, like, spa day. It's part of my birthday last fall. And uh, I'm getting my feet done, and it's like, you know, I've, my daughter was maybe, like, six months old at the time, and I'm apologizing. Like, she's seen, like, a jillion feet, but I'm like, I'm sorry. My feet are, like, really neglected. And she's like, oh, my gosh, you're totally fine. And she's like, every woman has this crack on her foot. It's like a rite of passage. So I, I still hate it. I don't want it, but I feel like I'm in some sort of sisterhood of cracked foot that, like, oh. I can all commiserate that all women have that crack in there. <laughs> so I'm going to get this baby foot for sure. It's it's legitimate. So I want to know what books and podcasts you're into right now. Because I know that we've asked each other for, hey, what are you listening to? And I've gotten some good ones. And I know that there was one of my favorites in your hometown a few weeks ago. Ooh, really? Yes. How I Built This was in Columbus. Oh, was it? I didn't know that. So sorry you missed it. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> they were there with Jenny's ice cream. Oh, that's that sounds right. Yeah. So that's one of the ones I love. Tell me about what you like to listen to. So for podcasts, I am pretty much... Anything that NPR puts out, I will listen to. Um, that's my rule of thumb. My favorite one that like consumed me lately, and not really lately, but in the past like year or so, was um, the new series that um, oh, what's it called? The um, the serial people did the uh, S Town. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, I have never been so absorbed into something. I loved it more than serial. And I don't know, I felt so connected to that, like, main character guy that um, just because he was, like, this, like, brilliant mind that was, like, so, like, held back by his surroundings. And I felt like I I connected with that because I, I grew up in Appalachia. So, I mean, it's not necessarily Alabama, but I can kind of relate. <laughs> but it was so good. It was so, I thought it was very well done. So I loved that one. Um, but I listen to anything NPR's got. I love, um, I do, I listen to morning edition every day. Um, one that I've listened to for years is called the read. It is, um, one of the funniest things that I have ever, I think (laughs) ever heard, um, half the time. And if I'm listening at work, it's like a toss up. If I'm going to be like laughing at my desk loudly, (laughs) what's it about? It is, it was started like, I don't know, I was, I was in school the second time. So it was like, I don't know, 2011, 2012, it was started by um, these two, 
I don't, I think Kid Fury is one of them. Um, and he was a YouTuber, I think, to start out with, and Crystal. And they are friends in New York, and um, they talk a lot about, like, um, pretty much anything involving, like, the Black community. So, like, music and celebrities, and they try to, like, incorporate, like, Black excellence. So they have, like, somebody that's been, like, really outstanding in the Black community, and then they have, like, a section where readers write in and they give them, like, advice. And they're just hysterical. Like, I, this is, like, the one time in my life where I, like, drove to Cleveland to see them live. That's intense. <laughs> That's committed. I, and I was, like, one of the only white people there. <laughs> and it was awesome because they're, like, white people, we see you. <laughs> you felt so appreciated. Yes. Yes. Thank you. But, you know, and it's like, it's hysterical, but you also like learn so much as like a, as a non-person of color. So they, they raise a lot of issues and they have a lot of people that write in. Um, So it's, it's hysterical, but also like you learn a lot. Yeah. It's a different perspective for sure. So, yep. Those are the ones that I really listen to. What about books oh books i'm always reading books um read them like paper or kindle style or audio i'm super specific about how i have to read my books um i i've switched to kindle only because uh i just i read so much that it makes more sense but i i use a kindle paperwhite mm-hmm. so it doesn't it does not have apps to distract me because that's part of my, like my husband can read on his iPad. If I used my iPad as an e-reader, I would never read a book in my life because there's too many other shiny things to do. Yep. So I use the Kindle Paperwhite. It's, it doesn't have that like annoying blue backlight glare, um, but it's still backlit that you can like read in the dark if you need to, but it's, it's very similar to like paper text the way it's laid out. So I use that. Um, or I, I read just straight up paperback. My and then an Audible. I have an Audible account. I love, I have a long to work. So I listen to audiobooks all the time. So you said you do have an Audible account? I do have an Audible account. They are the best and they have the best customer service. And I've been an Audible subscriber for like five years. They're great. So but I hear the ads on like Pandora or the one they've got right now is like, I think it's kind of tied to like New Year's resolutions still, even though it's February, but uh-huh. it's kind of like, you know, the first step to doing anything better is to hear from inspiring people doing it. And you're like, Ooh, this sounds pretty good. So maybe you're <laughs> selling me. Yes, Audible is great, and you can listen to a snippet of a book to see if, like, you're going to like the narrator, because I will straight up return a book if I don't like the narrator. Like, it can make or break your experience, because for me, like, I read a lot of fantasy and science fiction, so it's, like, kind of an immersive world, and if you have somebody reading the book that is just, it's just not, you're not feeling it, it's not going to work out, and Audible will take anything back. Like, you can read a book, start to finish, and be like, I hated this. And they will take it back and give you another credit. That's awesome. Because I, when Game of Thrones was, like, popular, I was late to adopt watching the TV show like, by a couple seasons. And then I was like, okay, well, I like to read the book before 
I get into the show because I know there's so many differences and sometimes the book gets really deep into the characters, whereas the TV show, they can't, they don't have the time or the money to do right. that. So it's like, let me wait before I start. I'm going to read the books. But then I realized the books were like huge. Oh, I, yeah. I said, no way. I'm getting the uh, CDs from the library. <laughs> and I made it through like halfway of the first one. And, um, Oh gosh, which character was it? Um, I Varys for Varys' character, they had him have this like really terrible speech issue that was like very spitty. It was like he had a lot of spit in his mouth, and I just was like, "This is so sick! I can't listen to it anymore." So I abandoned the whole project and just went back into the TV show. It's but, probably the best. Yeah, the TV show's finish those books anyway. She'll just be left as the point. I know. He's he's never going to write anymore. He's just going to die and laugh. For continuity's sake, so the guy that voiced the um, Game of Thrones audiobooks, his name's Roy Dotris, and he I, like, I, I have your same feeling about Varys's voice that he did and also Tyrion. They yeah. made him like a little clown and I was like, but the guy did like over 200 unique voices and he recently passed away he's like 95 years old so now i'm making fun of an old old dead man when i first found out he died i was like well now he's never gonna get to voice the rest of these books (laughs) too damn long (laughs) well rest in peace but that spinny voice couldn't do it 200 unique voices kind of amazing but yeah yeah i was not i couldn't get into it i I wanted to because i've read the series um the book series and then when i i wanted to reread it and i uh wanted to try the audiobook because a lot of people really like it and i did not like it oh my gosh well good we are getting close on time here so i want to ask you my my quick fire questions. I'm debating okay. on if that's what I want to call them. So please advise if there's a cuter way to do it. But all right, we talked about your new job and you're going into it. You know, full flip flop and jeans on Monday. Um, maybe maybe do like I did in college and have some some cool leg warmers. <laughs> yeah, underneath them. Um, but career goals for 2018, I know you're kind of going into a new position. So that's, I mean, let's not ask more of you, but is there anything right. in particular you're pumped about? For me, like my goals for myself is really, aside from learning the ropes of the new gig and, you know, learning um, like all the tools that they use because everything is new for me. They're not using any of the same tools that we use where I'm at um, mostly. So there's that learning uh, goal that I have. And then for me, I want to take more ownership of the things that like I'm responsible for. I feel like I've, I kind of harp on myself for being a little passive because I, I like to, um, I like to sort of know something really well before I take ownership of it. And sometimes you just need to take that little leap of faith ownership and just sort of fake it till you make it. And I need to, that's, so that's for me is, to take more ownership that's true i mean there's a lot of things about saying like just say yes and figure it out yes exactly love it well and you're coming in with a brand new slate too so like you said about that coworker who was particularly unenjoyable 
you can kind of go in with like, here's what I did before to try to combat it. Let me come in, you know, shoulders back and kind of present yourself as like, do not be that person if you were that person to me. Exactly. <laughs> I love it. So thinking about lunch, I don't know what your normal lunch looks like at work as far as do you eat at your desk? Do you go to some break room or cafeteria? But if you could have lunch with anybody, and it can be anybody, who would it be and why? Oh, man, you already know the answer to this question. It would be Celine Dion, hard stop. That's it. <laughs> um, now, if you were to have lunch with her, would you want to have like a private thing so you can get some one-on-one -on -one time? Or would you want to go in public so you could be photographed by whatever paparazzi? <laughs> I want a one time. I don't need the paparazzi. They get enough time with her. I, I don't get any time with her. So I, that's my time. I, that's my time with her. So no, it'll be our, our thing that we will do. I love it. And what, and wasn't it, was it Ellen that you won tickets from or who was it? You won? Oprah. That was, <laughs> that's Oprah. But you did win something from Ellen, didn't you? I I did. I also, um, <laughs> you'll appreciate this now that you, you're a mother and you know, like how much children cost, but yes, Ellen, I had like a whole baby shower from Ellen in 2009, everything from the stroller to diapers for a year. That's the best. Yes. <laughs> I hope, you know, maybe he doesn't really care right now, but I hope August really appreciates that and has the little boilerplate, like fun fact. My first year of gear was provided by Ellen, who everyone loves. My mom was working the daytime talk show host circuit. <laughs> I love it, though. It's like such a great conversation starter. So you and your husband, I don't know how much you guys get to have a date night. I know you obviously went to a wedding recently, which looked amazing. But what do you do for normal date activities? What's your favorite? Our favorite, like, go-to date night is, like, one of us saying, hey, I heard about this really awesome place to eat. We are big on, like, we love European cuisine. We love trying, like, new types of food. So we want to find, like, a good off-the-beaten-path restaurant. That's My requirement is that it's not too noisy because I like to – I want to chit-chat. I'm not here to, like, just have all this ambient noise. Um, I get enough noise at home. So um, – <laughs> yeah just a good place good food um plus you know bonus points if they have like a good cheese plate <laughs> just like good drinks and just sit and chit chat that we, that like we don't get to connect a lot during the week because by the time we get the kids to bed and ourselves and Bowers like uh good night <laughs> like love you bye <laughs> So, yeah, date night is definitely for us to sort of reconnect. So we we love to just go out to eat and have drinks and enjoy the company. The things you miss. I know. <laughs> so when you're at home and it's a busy weeknight, what's your go-to food that's going to take the least amount of time so you can just eat and be done with it? My favorite and my go-to that I could do like any time is chicken wings and the instant pot. Yeah. What's this instant pot thing about? Because everyone's all over it. And here I am. Oh my God. Pot world. Anything. You can make anything in an instant pot. You can make a cheesecake. You can hard boil eggs. You can do anything and it's fantastic. And it's all in one pot. 
if you get the good one, you have to get the name brand Instant Pot, but it's got like a saute function. So you can do everything right in there. And then it pressure cooks it. And it's like, it's not good for everything. Like it's not good for like super lean cuts of meat. It'll kind of dry it out. But anything, a good rule of thumb is anything that you can braise is really good in an Instant Pot. But you can throw in, my go-to recipe is chicken wings. You throw in a cup of water at the bottom, however many frozen chicken wings you want. And then you can pressure cook it for like five to 10 minutes. And then you can make your own whatever sauce you want and throw them in the, the broiler for five minutes. That's amazing. So, yeah, it's real easy. So the hype is real. The hype is real. I've, I'm totally, Jim got me one for Christmas and I'm, I'm changed. <laughs> I love it. Well, that is so good. I'm Nicole. I've had so much fun talking with you and I know there's so many other things you're definitely going to have to come back for a second because yes. I wanted to ask you about this Reddit craziness too, because <laughs> it seems like the black hole of good information and I kind of went in, but I'm kind of scared. So be yeah, my friend. It's a time suck, but it's great. I've learned so much. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thanks for joining me today on After Daycare Drop-Off. I hope you enjoyed getting to know Nicole, learning about her story, how she got the guts to ask for more and what she was worth, and a little bit about the fun side, the rituals and the time you take for yourself by taking a reasonable yet excessive 30 to 40 minutes on your face. It is the only one you get, right? Check out the podcast description for links to anything we've mentioned on the show. And please check in with us on Instagram. We'll be sharing inspiration, updates from the show, cool things to look forward to, as well as awesome resources and other podcasts that we found interesting or helpful. If you love, hate, or even just kind of enjoyed this podcast, please do give us a rating. Helps other people find the show and helps me give feedback for what you're feeling, what you're interested in, and what I can improve on. I really value your feedback. Additionally, I want to apologize for some of the audio quality issues with the phone call. Um, I'm working on it, but be patient with me. I'm doing this literally in my basement office with the strict instructions that my husband don't flush the toilet for sake of not hearing the water flow th through the tubes. So give me a little grace. Give me a rating. Let me know what you think. Be sure to hit subscribe to After Daycare Drop-Off so you get new podcasts direct to you every Tuesday. That's right, every Tuesday. You'll get to hear from moms like you and like me right on your phone, your desktop, or however you get your podcasts. See you next time.